Welcome to the Real Marathon Podcast, the podcast where we talk about the best in film each and every week. I'm Rob Carraher, and I am flying solo today. I wanted to do a quick little show on uh, the Gold Derby's introduction of uh, voting and odds for the 2023 Oscars. Uh, as soon as they put up um, predictions, we kind of know that uh, things are in full swing. We're going to start seeing uh, the way this this um, race starts to take shape. And even though most of the films that are on this list have yet to be seen or released by uh, pretty much <laughs> uh, any of these studios... Um, it still is kind of a fun thing to kind of go through here and and see what is being considered to be the the films to watch as we head into the fall season. I mean the the summer is is winding down here and so pretty soon it's going to be award movies um coming out nearly every week, but with that being said, um, I do want to take a look at the films that are uh, kind of in that, that range for um, being uh, predicted as a nominee. I have voted myself in here. I put my predictions in for what I think is going to uh, be nominated at, at this point. Obviously, just like everyone else, none of us, uh, none of us. <laughs> really know uh, what is going to be nominated at this point. And I think there is a little bit of bias in terms of some of the films that have already come out. Um, maybe more so than I, I ever remember. Uh, there is a lot of buzz for a, a handful of films that have been released um, this early in the year that folks feel like have a really good shot at at being in the the nominees uh, come February, um, and and that I think is interesting as maybe the uh, coda kind of broke the uh, routine of how to win a big time Oscar uh, by showing that you can come out a little earlier in the year and still do quite well. Um, so. Let's dive in here. Um, there are, early on, there are some kind of funky things going on. There might be some movies that haven't received a 2022 release date, uh, and therefore it is not included. The big one that I see that is missing is Empire of Light. Um, this is a Sam Mendes film, and as far as I know, this should be out this year. It could get pushed back. Um, we, we don't know entirely, but if it is in play this year, I think that it is probably getting nominated. Uh, Sam Mendes has a good track record of putting out uh, big-time award films, and I don't see that to be any different um, right with this. And uh, kind of going off of that, uh, you have some big time actors that would probably be in the races and Olivia Coleman and maybe Colin Firth. Um, so 
Uh, something to keep in mind, obviously, because that is not included on Gold Derby. Uh, you we, we cannot select that. Uh, so when those those do get added, if they get added, um, I, I presume that some of this will change. I certainly will be including uh, that film in some of my uh, picks for uh, Gold Derby as well. So let's start with Best Picture. And the film that is coming in uh, as the number one most chosen film is Steven Spielberg's The Fablemans. Uh, I do not have The Fablemans as my top choice. Um, I do have it as uh, one of the <clears throat> nominees. Steven Spielberg is nearly... Um, perfect when it comes to releasing films and getting them nominated for for best picture over the last couple decades uh especially when they are clearly um a a an award buzzy film like the fablemans uh in recent years it seems like directors have been really interested in doing uh personal projects that are representative of their life as a kind of youth or uh, some story um, about their their life. And The Fablemans is a fictional uh, take on Steven Spielberg's life. It's not probably exactly as uh, Steven Spielberg's life played out, but uh, it sounds like this is based off of um, events in his life. And so it's going to be interesting to see how this this plays to the academy. I I presume it will be in the conversation. I just don't think it is going to end up winning best picture. It's not the sort of story that typically does win best picture, but if anybody can pull off that win, it would be Steven Spielberg. So, I do have that in my top 5 um and I could probably be convinced that it could win. But as of right now, I do not have it as my winner. At number two, they have Babylon. Uh, Babylon is the new one from Damien Chazelle. To me, this is a little more likely to win Best Picture. It is a film about uh, Hollywood, especially uh, period piece Hollywood um, film. And Damien Chazelle also has a fantastic track record. Um, although First Man maybe didn't do as well as, as anyone wanted it to. It's actually my favorite of his films. Um, it maybe was a little too slow for folks, but uh, I, I think that he is an excellent filmmaker, and I cannot wait to see the production design, the cinematography, the performances, just the overall charm of uh, Damien Chazelle film. And uh, I think Babylon has a really good shot at winning Best Picture. Um, I also do not have this as my pick for Best Picture. I think I put it at uh, number two um, in my, my voting. So uh, it is definitely going to be included in this conversation. It would be super surprising if it didn't end up getting a nomination. Uh it would have to pretty much fall on its face for that to be the case. Um, this looks like about as Oscar Beatty as you get when it comes to a, a release. 
Number three is actually my pick for best picture, and this is Killers of the Flower Moon. Um, this is being released by Apple TV+. Plus. They are coming off of a best picture win. Uh, they clearly have figured out how to run these Oscar campaigns, and they're spending a lot of money. They spent a lot of money to acquire Killers of the Flower Moon, and so I imagine they're going to be pushing it pretty hard. Uh, this is a Martin Scorsese flick, which, once again, uh, usually does very well. It has Leonardo DiCaprio in it. Uh, also, a really good mix. Uh, you just don't, th th those two guys don't miss. Uh, they they manage to get in almost every year. Um, and this isn't exactly the sort of movie that Scorsese makes. Uh, I think that there are going to be elements of kind of that uh, gangstery feel um, because this is more of like a murder mystery uh, type film. But because it is based on a true story and it's based off of a, a book that uh, was a bestseller, um, and it is very much about uh, the way in which um, we, as a country, have handled uh, some of the elements of na the natives and how we've treated them, and I feel like this has just enough of a political spin on it to be a big-time Oscar player. And you mix that with a big-time director, big-time actors, and a great screenwriter. And uh, why can't I think of what his name is right now? Um, Dustin Lance Black, who uh, wrote Milk. He is writing the screenplay for this best-selling novel. To me, this just seems like it has everything needed to win a Best Picture um, Oscar. And so that is the reason why it is currently at the top for me. Number At number four, we have Everything Everywhere All at Once. Uh, this is a film that has already been released, and there is a lot of love for this film. I think that... I, I am definitely in the minority here in that I didn't love this film. I am willing to give it credit where credit is due. It does look very good. It is very creative. It's very imaginative. Um, it's a fairly fun film. Uh, but I think it has some problems. Um, either way, there is a lot of love for this project. And A24... Uh, is more than likely going to put a lot behind trying to get this thing some nominations. Uh, and I think it probably will get in. Um, I don't think it has a shot to win it. I'd be very surprised if it did. It's just not the Academy's cup of tea. Uh, and I think it's going to be kind of a fringe um, best picture film. Uh, being at number four right now, I think, is mainly due to the fact that it is buzzy right now. We've already seen it, and so it's going to be, uh, there, there is going to be some passion there behind that. But I think that is a little high. Um, it, it will probably be in that 
seven, eight, nine, ten range uh, when it all when it is all said and done. But with ten nominees, I think yes, it does get in. Um, has an opportunity to get nominations in a lot of different places, uh, and we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later here. <clears throat> and number five is uh, the Sun which is Florian Zeller's follow-up to The Father. And it is not a sequel, um, but it is kind of within the same realm. Uh, Florian Zeller's a screen, or a uh, playwright, first and foremost. And so this is an adaptation of one of his plays, which was uh, quite well-received. And based upon how well the father did, uh, I, I think the son is going to be in play here. Um, I'd be surprised if it is really far off from getting a nomination. Maybe there's a chance that it's left on the outside, uh, but it, it should definitely be in play. It's probably not going to win. Um, maybe it does. Maybe it's just good enough drama. It has a really good cast. Uh, and it probably has a really good script um, and some a good drama with a good script and cast. Uh, and based upon what we saw from the father, uh, it's probably going to look pretty good as well. Um, I think the son is in play. Uh, I do have this also in my 10 uh, predictions for best picture. And number six is Bardo, which is going to be Netflix's probably their top film um, by Alejandro uh, Inaritu. And he has obviously been a big name at the Oscars over the last decade. And so it'd be kind of foolish to leave this out. Uh, this is going to be a foreign language film, which means that it's probably going to be the top foreign language film, even though uh, we we didn't... Did, last year, I think, the foreign main foreign language films came from the Cannes Film Festival, and even though there will probably be a few that are in play this year, um, Bardo probably looks to be the uh, top option for foreign language, um, just knowing the past for Inuitu. And, you know, you have Netflix behind it. I imagine they're going to be pushing it pretty hard. Um, so Bardo, I think, is definitely in the conversation. Now, a film that I think probably is getting a little bit um, underrepresented here is the film She Said uh, by Maria Schrader. And even though Maria Schrader is still not a household name, uh, she still has a little bit to prove. She said seems like the perfect kind of um, setup for her to really come onto the scene. I think she said is a dark horse to win Best Picture. Uh, kind of in the same vein as... Uh, Spotlight or The Post or All the President's Men. Um, if this is really, really well done and a good adaptation, uh, the Academy may have a hard time resisting 
uh, be nominating a film that is uh, about taking down Harvey Weinstein. Um, and it's kind of this, this woke uh, generation of voters that um, want to really kind of stand for um, females working in the industry. Uh, you have two uh, female leads in this, or the, the, the two writers that broke the story. Um, and especially in a year where women's rights are going to be at the forefront, she said, I think, is going to be a big-time player here. Um, and so I, I think that we need to be uh, thinking this, this potentially could be a Best Picture winner. I think I have it at number three behind Babylon. Um, maybe at number four, I might, might have it behind the Fablemans. Um, but I, I definitely think it is in play. Uh, at number eight, they have Top Gun Maverick. And I do think that this has a chance. Um, the only ish issue that I have is that it is released quite early. Uh, it has a director uh, who isn't necessarily renowned in the award circles. Um, and it is a sequel. <laughs> uh, that doesn't always bode well. Um, there's another sequel that's coming out uh, in Avatar, The Way of the Water, that I think probably takes that slot. Uh, and so I actually have Avatar, The Way of Water in my top 10. Uh, they have it just outside at number 12 <clears throat> at 44 to 1 odds. Um, but I think that it probably has a little bit better chance of getting in just because the first film got in. The Academy loves James Cameron. They love a film that uses a ton of technical work. Um, and Top Gun Maverick, even though it has some of those elements, I think it's just going to get uh, left out. Um, but it, it will be in the conversation, I think, probably most of the way uh, as a possibility. And uh, maybe a resurgent campaign could end up putting it in, but I don't think it is going to get in. Right now, I think it's only in simply because we've seen it and it's pretty beloved. Most people like it. Um, and so we'll, we'll see. We're going to see if it has a chance to get in, but I'm, I'm going to say that it will be left out. Another film that uh, has a lot of buzz, but I'm not quite sure it's going to uh, translate to the sort of work that the Academy loves is the film Women Talking. And this has, this is also, could, could, uh, kind of right on the back of the Me Too movement in this year where um, women's rights are going to be at the forefront of a conversation. Um, women talking could potentially get in. It may be a little too strange. Um, I, I just don't know what we're going to get. This is a Sarah Pauly uh, film. She she is pretty well respected, so it could get in here somewhere. Some people think this thing is gonna win. Um, I just I I imagine it's not gonna be straightforward enough for the Academy to embrace. 
um, and could be a little bit out there. Uh, but it's one to keep your eye on. Um, I currently have it on the outside looking in uh, with the opportunity for it to uh, maybe get a few nominees here and there. Um, but right now it is at 20 to 1 odds, um, women talking at number 9. <clears throat> and then at number 10, uh, they have Poor Things, which is the follow-up from... Uh, Yorgos, I can never pronounce his name, Yorgos uh, Lathimos, uh, um, sorry about that, uh, who who has been pretty um, friendly to the Academy with the, the favorite a few years back. Uh, I imagine this may be a little too strange yet. That's kind of his style, is to do strange. Um, the favorite just kind of hit the right chord. Uh, but I think Poor Things is likely going to be on the outside looking in. Although I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up getting nominated. Uh, it just, I feel like there's a stacked year just looking ahead. And I, until I see it, or until we hear more things about it, um, I just can't imagine it actually getting in. Now, there's a handful of other films that uh, ultimately could get in um, stuff like The Woman King, uh, like I said, Avatar, The Way of Water, Till, about Emmett Till, The Whale, Elvis could still get in, uh, Triangle of Sadness, which was the Cannes uh, Palme d'Or winner, um, Amsterdam, which is the David O. Russell film. Uh, Tar, which stars Kate Blanchett. Uh, but I think that uh, a couple films uh, that um, may actually get in that have right now 100 to 1 odds on here are 13 Lives, which is the biopic from Ron Howard uh, about the Thai soccer team boys that were stuck in a cave in the rescue mission to go get them. Um, and I think this just, there's there seems to always be a movie like this that gets nominated. Ron Howard is that sort of director that gets these, these sorts of films in. Um, and so I'm going with 13 Lives. Uh, people may want kind of an inspirational story. Um, and one that they they can get excited about and this this could be that that film and then uh i also think white noise which is a noah bombach film um it's based on a don de, de leo book um that could be kind of strange but noah bombach has uh kind of proven himself as somebody that you can rely on um, and I, I just, I get this feeling that this is going to probably be pretty good. Um, this is also Netflix. Uh, and, and so right now I have that in my, my top 10. Let's move on to best director here. Um, and for best director, we 
we're going to see some overlap from, from the best picture race. Uh, right now, they have Martin Scorsese at number one for Killer of the Flower Moon, Killers of the Flower Moon. Steven Spielberg at number two for The Fablemans. Damien Chazelle for Babylon. Sarah Pauly for Women Talking. And Florian Zeller for The Sun. Um, I think that those are all pretty good picks. Uh, if I had to pull a couple out... I think I would pull out Sarah Pauly and Florian Zeller, and instead I would put in the Daniels for Everything Everywhere All at Once, and uh, Maria Schrader for She Said. <clears throat> and so I think that is my top five. You also have um, Inaritu, who's going to be in the conversation, James Cameron, um, and... There'll probably be a few others that will will be in the conversation, but this seems a little bit more straightforward because you have the big names in Scorsese, Spielberg, and Giselle right there at the top, um, and they'll be battling it out to see uh, who is likely to get um, best director. I would be surprised if it is not one of those three when it is all said and done who ends up winning this Oscar, um, but we're still early. A lot can change between now and March when the Oscars take place. So let's move on to Best Actress. For Best Actress, um, this, <laughs> this is very difficult. Uh, I there, there are a lot of choices in here that I would want to choose. Um, I ended up going with uh, a few people that are not in the top five. Um, but I did go with a couple of the top five choices. So right now they have Margot Robbie at number one for Babylon. I think that's a good pick. I do have her in my top five. Would not be surprised if she ends up winning the Oscar here. Um, the, the Academy seems to be uh, excited about giving her an Oscar here eventually. And this probably is a good opportunity. Uh, she, I don't, I don't blame them for having her as the favorite. In addition, we have Michelle Yeoh. Uh, from Everything Everywhere All at Once, uh, the Academy also wants to probably give her an Academy Award. I don't think it's going to happen here. I think just the fact that she gets nominated for kind of a strange film um, is going to be her award here. Uh, but I do think she will end up getting nominated when everything is all said and done. Uh, and number three, they have Kate Blanchett for Tar. Uh, I would not be surprised if she is in. I think a lot of it is going to be, depend on how well this film is received. If this is a Best Picture nominee, I think Kate Blanchett is in. She just has a big enough name uh, that that would get her in. As of right now, I do have her on the outside looking in. Um, but I would not be surprised if she is in the uh, conversation. Then they have Regina King at number four for the movie Shirley, where she plays Shirley Chisholm. Um, the Academy loves biopics. Uh, that bodes well for her. Same thing with Kate Blanchett. Um, that's a biopic. Uh, that's the reason why they're here. Um, and then I, I also have Regina King 
on the outside looking in, she could end up getting in, especially if that film is quite good. Uh, Viola Davis is at number five. Um, Viola Davis is sort of a mainstay at this point. She gets nominated a lot. The Academy seems to love her. Uh, she's still looking for that best actress win. Um, this is for the woman king. This doesn't seem like an Oscar player, which is why I don't have it in my top five. Uh, I think this is a film that will be loved, um, but it's more of an action-y type of film. Even though it has a lot to say, it, it may get left out, and therefore Viola Davis could get left out too. Now, here are the three people that I think are going to get it in, in over Kate Blanchett. Regina King, and Viola Davis. Um, I think Danielle Deadweiler, who is going to be the main role in the film Till, has a really good shot at getting in. This is a biopic role, even though it's not your typical type biopic. Um, I think that bodes well for her. It's also going to be a very emotional film and give gives her an opportunity to really have a juicy uh, performance that the Academy is very likely to love. Um, right now I have that as my number two pick, um, but I, I could make an argument for it being number one. I think that she has an excellent opportunity to get nominated here uh, and potentially win. My, my pick for win, the winner is Carrie Mulligan, who stars in She Said, uh, after a few years back with her uh, kind of losing steam for Promising Young Woman. I think the Academy really wants to give her an award, and this is the type of role that uh, they would love to give her an award for. Uh, once again, it's a true person. And uh, I think it's just going to be meaty, a meaty, juicy role. And um, Carrie Bolligan is great at what she does. Right now, I have her as the uh, pick to win Best Actress at next year's Oscars. And then uh, the, the last pick that I have in there is Naomi Aki. And she plays Whitney Houston in I Want to Dance with Somebody, which is a more classic biopic. The Academy likes to nominate these, these female musicians. And so I feel like it'd be foolish not to include her here. Maybe it gets left out just because it is a very competitive year. Um, but she, she is certainly going to be in the conversation. And if this film is really good and she puts forth a, a great performance, she could even win this year. Um, so someone to keep an eye on. I do have her in my top five. So my top five are Carrie Mulligan, Danielle Deadweiler, uh, Margot Robbie, Michelle Yeoh, and Naomi Aki. So those are for Best Actress. Okay, let's look at Best Actor here. Best Actor, the number one choice is Hugh Jackman for The Sun. I think a huge part of this is that uh, Anthony Hopkins won for The Father, and people feel like if it worked there, it's going to work here. So let's give Hugh Jackman uh, the Oscar 
for the Sun. I think he'll probably get nominated. Hugh Jackman is an excellent actor who obviously deserves uh, recognition. Um, I don't think he's going to win, but I do think he will be nominated. And number two is Coleman Domingo for the film Rustin. Uh, I think this is the pick to win. Um, this is a biopic. Uh, I think this will be a very political movie. Um, and I, I just think the Academy is ready to uh, kind of embrace uh, this sort of role. Uh to be able to give the Academy Award to a black actor who also happens to be gay, playing a uh, black man who was gay and had a huge impact on civil rights for our country. This seems like just a nice kind of tee up for, for him to potentially end up winning this award. Um, at number three, they have Austin Butler. I agree with this, and uh, I think his performance in Elvis is fantastic. If Elvis is to get nominated for Best Picture, it will be because of Austin Butler. I think he has a shot at winning this award. Um, I would be very, very surprised if he is not nominated when it is all said and done. If he is not, it is a failure of the campaign, um, and he should definitely be in the conversation. At number four, they have Leonardo DiCaprio uh, for Killers of the Flower Moon. Um, I think he'll probably get in. This is just the sort of role uh, that will get nominated. It's Leonardo DiCaprio in a big-time movie. Uh, I feel like he'll get in, but the, the man they have at number five is the one who I have in the fourth spot, and that is Brendan Fraser for The Whale. Uh, this is a Darren Aronofsky film. It's kind of Brendan Fraser's big comeback role. Uh, he's been in a few things, but this one is a juicy type of role about a uh, overweight man who is trying to kind of rectify things with his daughter. Um, I think it'll be good. I think it'll be a nice uh, kind of Mickey Rourke-esque role from The Wrestler. Uh, and Brendan Fraser's always quite good. So I ag actually agree with that top five there. Um, it's just in a little bit different order. I have Coleman Domingo, Hugh Jackman, Austin Butler, Brendan Fraser, and Leonardo DiCaprio. Let's move on to Best Supporting Actress. Best Supporting Actress. Um, this is this one's a little more difficult to uh, kind of decide who's going to be in uh, in here simply because we just don't know the role that a lot of these these women are playing within the films that they are in. And so it's a little bit of a shot in the dark. But at number one, they have Michelle Williams for The Fablemans. I think this is a good pick. I think she will get nominated, um, even though she is not my pick to win right now. Um, I do have her at number two. Uh, at number two, they have Lily Gladstone for Killers of the Flower Moon. She is my pick to win uh, Best Supporting Actress. I think this is going to be a role that is probably a little closer to being a lead actress, maybe category fraud here. Uh, but I think there's going to be a lot there being able to uh, give the Academy Award to a Native woman will be a big draw. 
and uh, I think Lily Gladstone ends up winning this award um, for Best Supporting Actress. So that's a good pick. Uh, and we got Vanessa Kirby for The Sun. Once again, this is a Florian Zeller project uh, that is usually um, written for great performances. And so I think Vanessa Kirby probably is in here. Um, and yeah, I can't really argue with that pick there. Uh, at number four, they have Stephanie Sue from Everything Everywhere All at Once. I didn't quite see the appeal of this role. Um, I think she is going to be left out. I know a lot of people think she was amazing and she was great and she should be in here. I don't think she will be when it's all said and done. I think that is recency bias. Um, so I do think she is out. And then they have at number five, Audra McDonald for Rustin. Um, I think this is going to be probably a pretty good role. I'm just not convinced that we know enough about uh, the role. Also, Audra McDonald hasn't made uh, any big splashes in the film world. So currently, I also have her out. Now, the two that I have in are Jesse Buckley for Women Talking. Jesse Buckley is just a fantastic actress. The Academy seems to love her, especially after their nomination for her last year. Um, and from what I have heard, out of all of the roles in Women Talking, which is pretty much an ensemble uh, film, this is the performance that uh, we're all kind of looking out for. Uh, she's attached to a character that could lend to being a great nomination here. So I do have Jesse Buckley in here. And then uh, I have included Sadie Sink um, as my fifth nominee. Uh, for her role as the daughter in The Whale. I think this is going to be a very emotional film, and that connection there is going to lead to a fantastic uh, supporting performance from Sadie Sink, and so that's why I have included her in my top five. All right, let's take a look at Best Supporting Actor. Best Supporting Actor, once again, uh, kind of has the same issues that we had with um, the last bunch, and I'm going with the top five here as well. Um, I don't have any reason to believe that it's going to be anything else. It seems like it's kind of a strong bunch. So, uh, number one, they have Paul Dano for The Fablemans. Paul Dano, uh, he's the sort of actor that that deserves some recognition, and I imagine he's going to have a meaty role from the Fablemans, the uh, kind of angry father, um, who may be sort of portrayed as almost villainous, uh, and that that just probably uh, does well with the Academy. Um, and so Paul Dano, I think, is the favorite. I also have him as the one to, to win this award. Then we have Jesse Plemons for Killers of the Flower Moon. This also probably is category fraud. Um, from the sounds of it, there's al they're almost like duo leads with Leonardo DiCaprio, but they have decided they're going to run Leo in the leading category and Jesse Plemons in the supporting. Wouldn't be surprised if he ends up winning, but I think this is more of a kind of a straight man role. Uh, there may not be the layers necessary to end up winning this award here. 
then at three, they have Glenn Turman for Rustin. Uh, we've seen Glenn Turin, Turman uh, do pretty well with Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Um, I don't really know what the role is like. It just, I think Rustin is going to be very much about performances. And so we got to include him here uh, just because I, I think that it is probably going to be an important role to the way that film plays out. And then at number four, they have Kehui Kwan from Everything Everywhere All at Once. I think this would be a really great nomination. He's probably my favorite part of that film. Um, and I think there's a good chance he gets in here. I would be very surprised if he ended up winning, but uh, he needs to be in that conversation. And then at number five, we have Robert De Niro, who is also in Killers of the Flower Moon. This is going to be more of a uh, actual supporting performance. Um, and Robert De Niro's good <laughs> uh, mixed with Scorsese. I think that we we will probably get a pretty pretty juicy performance here from Robert De Niro. All right, let's move on to adapted screenplay. For adapted screenplay, they have Killers of the Flower Moon at number one. I agree with that. That is my favorite to win best adapted screenplay. Uh, I'm looking forward to see how this is adapted into a dramatic film. Uh, the Sun is at number two. Also can't argue with that. We already know what Florian Zeller's uh, previous film, how well that did. And I think it's going to be the same here. Uh, at number three, they have Women Talking. If this is done well, this could win this category. Um, when it, Women Talking, uh, I think, certainly is going to be right there in the conversation. Same thing with She Said. Uh, also should definitely be in the conversation to get nominated. And then at number five, they have White Noise. Uh, and I, I can't disagree with that either. So I have the same top five. Um, I, I think there are a few others that could be right there in the conversation, but that uh, is um, where I am at. Then let's go to our last category that is currently up on Gold Derby, and that is Best Original Screenplay. Right now, they have The Fablemans at number one. I think this will certainly get nominated. Um, feels sort of like a boring Best Original Screenplay to go with. Uh, we haven't seen it yet, but just this just doesn't seem like the type of movie that the Academy goes for in the Original Screenplay uh, category, but uh, I guess last year with Belfast, that getting in there, um, yeah, Fablemans could end up winning this thing. Uh, but my number one pick right now is Everything Everywhere All at Once. Uh, the creativity, I think, will resonate, and this seems like the place for the Academy to recognize this film. Um, it may nominate it in a lot of different places, but if it wants to give it give it an award it may be here in best original screenplay it's not my favorite screenplay i think it has some issues but uh seems pretty beloved and so i think this right now is the favorite to win best original screenplay uh they also have babylon here at number three um i think that 
it probably will get in. Um, Babylon's going to probably get nominated almost across the board uh, in a lot of different places. And so um, I think that's going to be the case here. Uh, and it, it should get in. And then we have Bardo. Um, I also have Bardo in my top five. Uh, I just... I just imagine this is going to be um, an interesting screenplay uh, coming from Inaritu. Uh, we we just know what to sort of expect with him, and so I would be surprised if it's not at least in the conversation for original screenplay. Um, and I think it will probably get in. And then uh, they have at number five, Nope, which is the Jordan Peele horror film. I don't think it's going to get in. I know that after Get Out, they want to keep putting Jordan Peele back in the conversation. It's just not the sort of filmmaker that he is. Um, he likes to make horror films, and the Academy usually just doesn't embrace that, with the exception of the one year that they did. Uh, so I, I'm going to have that on the outside looking in. Um, I'm going to go with Triangle of Sadness, the Palme d'Or winner, um, to get nominated here at number five, uh, potentially ends up winning the whole thing. Um, but this, this, that, I guess that kind of remains to be seen. So there is a preview of gold derbies and my predictions, um, as we are just over halfway through the year. Um, we still got a little more than six months before the Oscars. Uh, but, we're starting to get a picture of what at least is going to be in the conversation. It's going to be fun to watch as some of these movies get released. And here very soon, we're going to get some of the films that will be playing at uh, the fall, fall film festivals. And that will give us an even clearer picture as to what is being prioritized by the studios and what may get kind of left behind. Um, in the end, this is all just sort of a game, and uh, it, it depends on studios to push certain films, and um, but there, there may be a really good film that gets left out simply just because there isn't the passion behind it that there needs to be um, in order for it to make a good run. Um, just the way that this works... But that's the reason that this show exists, so that we have a place to talk about these sorts of things. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing how this this plays out. I really love this time of year as we're making that pivot and that shift. and We get ready to review and look at a bunch of amazing films as the year closes out. So thank you for tuning in this week. And... We will catch you next week with hopefully another review of one of our marathon films. So until then, have a great week.